We now live in an on-demand economy. Netflix brought us thousands of movies on demand. Action! Cut. DoorDash delivered restaurants to our front door. And Uber made it possible to get anywhere in town with one click. This is rapidly changing our expectations and how work gets done. We're now one click away from an accountant in QuickBooks. They just put CPAs in their software. A doctor with Teladoc. Now let's take care of that fever. Okay. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Each episode will get insights from operators, thought leaders, executives, and experts who are embracing technology to remove the friction in the way work gets done. Welcome to Work On Demand. Every year, over 800 tech and staffing leaders gather in Dallas for the SIA Gig E-Conference. We sat down with seven of them. Here are their stories. Well, I'm honored today. I'm, I'm with Brad Hill, president of the digital marketplace Skill Gigs, and we're here at SIA. So, Brad, thank you so much for taking the time. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Pleasure to be here. So, just give me a little bit about your background uh, and how you got uh, one here at SIA and, and, and into the gig space. Awesome. I'd love to. So, uh, two and a half decades in what I would consider the staffing outsourcing industry, you know, over that time frame, I uh, worked for two very, very large global providers in that space um, for the bulk of my career. And what's interesting about that, you know, from the late 90s up until, you know, I kind of concluded the big corporate conglomerate world of IT, of IT staffing, IT outsourcing, I gained a very important perspective on understanding that business model, how to grow that business model. The inherent value that the business model has on connecting employers and talent but I also started to learn how inefficient it was, how biased it was. Um, some of the areas that um, were designed in that business structure that really created a massive gap between uh, a buyer, an employer with a job, and talent that has skills for that job. And you know, having you know built parts of that business over those years with those companies, predominantly some forms of their their outsourcing capability, their additional services capability, their managed their MSP businesses. Um, I joined Skill Gigs because I do think there's really this evolution that's happening. I think that we've seen it kind of occur in the last couple of years as we've seen this kind of move to direct connection. And right, and one of the things that we do at Skill Gigs and we think about at Skill Gigs is a core element is like inverting the power equation from those who have it to those who deserve it. And and quite frankly, I so think- Tell me a little more, that's, that's yeah. actually really interesting. Tell me a little bit more about that. Who yes. has it and who yeah. deserves it? So um, I'm gonna call quietly now, but I believe who's had it for a long time has been that intermediary agency model, right? So it's sales and recruiting that has basically kind of been responsible for connecting the two individuals, right? And the infrastructure design between sales that is basically, you know, uh, taking that requirement from a job, distributing it to recruiters, recruiters going to find that talent, it's laborious, it's long, it can be inefficient, um, there's value in it, but at the same time, we live in a world where we want to accelerate that connection. And when I think about that term, like inverting that power equation from those that have it to those that deserve it, we want to create a platform that connects meaningfully between talent with skills and employers that have the need for those skills directly. So this is definitely a staffing platform as a service, direct sourcing type platform engagement with a unique component which connects them. And now we're empowering the talent to control what's most important to them, which is their pay rate. We're empowering the the, the buyers to control what's very important to them. It's an investment in hourly rate for that particular talent. When you were in sort of big staffing, the, you know, the yeah. big corporate staffing, what was the inefficiency? 
Like where where did it where did it break down? Because I I you know having worked in in sure. big tech and hired people, I felt it. Yeah. Because I knew that if I wanted to bring someone on an independent contractor mm-hmm. to help do a project, sure. it took three or four weeks, and I I I could never understand it. And even mm-hmm. when they tried to explain it to me, <laughs> I didn't understand it. So to, to be able yeah. to talk to somebody who was on the inside, yeah. Where did you see the inefficiency? And then we'll go talk, uh, you know, what you're solving. Yeah, yeah. Some some of the problems we're we're trying to solve. So I think it starts with the pace, like the the ability to recruit that talent on demand for an employer is moving as fast as they're capable of securing that talent, right? And then as a buyer in that type of relationship, it really determines on where you stack rank as a historical buyer, right? So staffing agencies tend to be able to channel access to talent based on driving margin and by driving relationships. And so there's an inherent bias there that occurs from that, from that standpoint. But when we talk about some of the inefficiencies, just think of the, the elements that are occurring in that kind of workflow, right? There requires a meeting to secure that particular requirement. It's now in most way, most operating offices operate, it now has to be prioritized. So it goes through a daily prioritization in that office in order to secure the right recruiters and the right focus from that recruiter to go and secure that talent. And of course, from that perspective, you're going into the massive channels, whatever omni channels that the recruiting organization is leveraging to secure those resources. And so to your point, on average, it can be four to six weeks before a buyer is seeing available talent, right? And so that buyer also has to understand, well, where am I in the importance of the stack ranking of my relationship with other buyers that are in that particular in-market uh, service? The other component is, you know, for the most part, the brick and mortar model was very geographically present into the brick and mortar structure. So even though big big tech or big staffing tech organizations have lots of offices, they pretty much operate very independently. So your ability to source or be able to access sourcing technology, sourcing resources through that network was one of the things that big big staffing companies always struggled to solve. That was right? one of the interesting things. There was a very large staffing firm that came in um, and they were pitching how they were going to get into the gig economy. Uh, and it was a great conversation. I said, well, you guys are one of the largest human capital companies on the planet. Yeah. It's got to be pretty mm-hmm. easy. You yeah. have places in France and India, yeah. like yeah. all over. And that's when I realized, no, these are actually independent shops that in some cases have their own technology stacks. It's not even common technology stacks across them. Yeah, yeah. And they don't communicate. They don't communicate. And like that inefficiency. So yeah. for me to be able to talk to somebody and say, I want somebody mm-hmm. to accomplish this. And they're yeah. like, well, this is what we have. Yeah. That was one of the kind of the big secrets because yeah. under that brand was just like a bunch of parts that didn't fit together. I feel like it was a toy story. Like it was just like all these different. It's surprising how common that is. Whether it's a franchise model or a corporate model, it's still structurally, you know, designed a lot of ways the way you just described. And so, you know, we're in a world to where we are comfortable with self-checkout. We have, we're in a world to where direct access to everything we consume is the new norm. And right? we can go down the list of what that experience is like. And I think about the evolution of way platform technology um, is disrupting the traditional third-party agency business model is not much different than what Uber has done or Airbnb has done by removing these inefficient, massive amounts of cost-driven middle layers of connection. We're using technology to do that, technologies to accelerate curation. 
manage automation and workflow from the point of building your particular gig and publishing it in our marketplace to directly connecting that talent and empowering again, once again, the things that are most important because what happens often is those users in that old system, they're giving up control to the dependency of the middle layer and to a talent. And I, I, I want to talk a lot about that talent journey because our marketplace doesn't operate without an amazing experience in, in that talent journey is, itself. And so by giving the talent the ability to I know my value, I can own my value and utilizing our system, which has a bidding component to it, to where no one's negotiating my value. The marketplace will tell me where my value lands and it will empower me to adjust my value, value based on how I interpret that job to be a fit for me. And that is what's driving so much adoption on the talent part of our marketplace. And we grow by 150 new digital professionals a day um, because they're understanding that being able to access exclusive contract positions in our marketplace by our employers to where they get direct access, not to an intermediary recruiter, but to a recruiter at a corporate organization that now has the ability to hire contingently changes the entire spectrum of what they've had to give up for so many years. Now let's talk specifically on what skill gigs, the problem and the vertical that skill gigs is attacking. Sure. So you have this experience, it's all inefficient. Mm -hmm. I'm Brad, I'm gonna show up and I'm gonna change the way things are done, right? Yeah. What particular problem was skill gigs looking to solve? Yeah, so I think what we were looking to solve was some of the inherent issues that we kind of just kind of bounced around, like uh, engagement rates, being able to increase the accessibility of talent and do it more efficiently and faster, which would lead to low fill ratios. Also, we wanted to solve problems with being able to remove a lot of the bloated cost structures that are between the two buyers and be able to give them a better way to connect, which is ultimately going to be able to give them a better to have a better outcome, which is we're going to make a decision to work together. So we increase the velocity of connection, increase the ability to have better fill ratios, lower the, uh, the time it takes to actually access that talent. And what is your, like when you, when you talk about, and there are a, a number of people that listen to this that don't, don't understand some of the staffing lingo. So when, yeah. you, when you talk about fill rates, it is the ability of, I put out a hundred jobs and how many of those jobs you can fill. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then time to fill is the time it takes to then fill those jobs. You went, shift gigs went from, you know, four to six weeks to, you know, how long does it take once, if I'm talent, sign up on the platform, how long does it take before I am working? Yeah, so one of the things that we're noticing right now, the first step is engagement, right? So how if I'm a talent in the platform, when am I getting my first opportunity to engage an opportunity? A number one, it happens day one, the moment they sign up, because they now have access to all the jobs that are published into our marketplace. And this is what's uniquely different about us. We have a bidding functionality that allows them to engage that recruiter with their their skill set as well as a pay rate so they can actually bid towards that job engage that recruiter to go here's here's me here's paul here's what we call our 3d resume which is a three-dimensional billboard if you will of their skill set that they can build an industry around skill a skill index around as well as an industry density around I think I'm a great fit for your position. Here's why I'm a great fit for my position. And here's my pay rate. Now the pay rate, it calculates a bill rate for our employer. So now that engagement happens immediately. So the employer receives that bid from the talent. They can accept or deny that bid. If they deny that bid, it, they can deny it for an, a reason, say, I filled the position. I'm no longer looking. Maybe your skills are not a match, but engagements occurred. 
step one. If they do say, they can also offer up, hey, your, your bid's too high. Well, now I'm empowering the talent to say, let me think about that. Let me maybe come in and rebid that opportunity at a lower hourly rate, which would be my hourly rate, so that I can engage that individual. So we start with engagement and we measure engagement rate based on the way that our two users are connecting in the platform. But what we have noticed, we have a, a really awesome uh, testimonial on our website from one of our recent people that use it and talks about her journey um, and talks about what she was experiencing, which is, was kind of, um, you know, not demoralizing, but her experience was like, I was trying to find a position and I was struggling and I was starting to have self-doubt, right? I started to have self-doubt, like no one wants me for a job. I went into this marketplace and within 48 hours, I have a bid from an employer. One of the largest employers in Texas wants me. And that was able to her connection point. So within two weeks, she was on her first assignment. Um, and granted, that's going to vary. You know, Paul, I don't want to promise every talent out there, hey, you come into our marketplace and you're going to have two weeks to get a job. But I can promise you, you will get to engage employers and you will get to engage employers that are owning the contract positions. They're not distributing those out to 12 different staffing companies that all have the same job and that are all trying to find you. Well, and there's transparency and I can see the job. I can bid on the job. Like I, I, we're talking and, and we're collecting data. Yes. So the experience gets better and better and better uh, and, the, and the match happens. What verticals are you seeing most, uh, what type of jobs and what verticals are you seeing most uh, as you guys get started? So I'll give a little history on Skill Gigs really quick. Like we got, we're at, our logo was actually on one of the slides here yesterday. So Skill Gigs has been around about five years and we soft launched into the industry with a healthcare marketplace. Um, and a digital marketplace, or what I call an IT marketplace. Um, today, we're probably more recognized on our growth in the healthcare space. So we have two, uh, what I would call two marketplaces today for skill gigs, healthcare and digital. Um, a lot of where our, we're doubling down in my, my focus personally is on driving that digital IT growth of the marketplace as a part of our initial inception. But healthcare really took off for us. And, you know, I think there was some... There's, there's some healthcare stuff going on around the past couple of years. I yeah, think. there's been a, there's been a little <laughs> bit of a, something that we've all had to experience, right? right? And so, you know, you know, I think uh, we were in the right place at the right time to really provide an unbelievable service that we all needed to benefit from during a, during a pandemic. And our technology plugged into some of the largest healthcare systems in Texas allowed them to hire directly travel nurses at volume and to do it quickly and easily. So you can imagine the climate we were dealing with during the pandemic, why that was so important. And, and, and it was in a five-week hire time was, was literally life and death. Life and death. I couldn't agree more. And so that enabled us to really kind of create a really strong foundation on the concept of what you know, a staffing platform as a service model would be and a direct sourcing talent marketplace would be. Because our founder had a history and, and I come from the, the digital IT world, um, we, we knew that we wanted to expand and grow our marketplace capabilities. So we see skill gigs eventually being multiple marketplaces of categories, right? With potential additional ones around F&A, et cetera. Um, but we also know digital is a big part of, you know, um, the opportunity for uh, growth. And, you know, for every, uh, there's about 5,000 healthcare systems in North America. There's probably 5,000 companies in Dallas that need IT workers, right? So, um, so that's why we started to really focus in. And we started launching last year for digital, right? Kind of relaunching the brand a little bit. 
And what's also really exciting about our technology, in parallel, we began to redesign this technology. So, and I'm, I'm happy to be able to announce here probably before the end of the year that we're going to be releasing a completely new uh, platform that's going to be full native. So uh, we're bringing new features and new functions to the technology, including rating systems and some things that aren't there today because we've seen and monitored that buyer and talent journey and listening to them. So it's an, you know, technology is capturing that it's, it's organic. It's right? not lost in someone's it's email. It's not lost it's... in someone's email. Exactly. Great, great, great point. Great point. And so we're excited to see the evolution of where we're taking the technology. And the other element that I think is uh, important to note about what we're uh, kind of what's driving our purpose is we want to enable corporate recruiting to now get actively involved in contingent labor purchasing. So, you know, a little tagline that we use is don't call an agency, become your own agency to our buyers. And what it's saying is that corporate recruiting has typically been courted off from contingent labor purchasing, right? But they're great recruiters and um, we can provide them technology to bypass that external outsourcing of contingent labor purchasing, insource it and do it faster, better, cheaper, because we can remove a lot of the initial cost structures that are come along with the third party agency, because we have a thinner operating model, um, because the technology is doing so much of that component. And then we can also offer consumptive based discounts and rebates based on using the platform over time. So if you take all that away, guys, we're an e-commerce business. That's how we it's, look at it. You know, it's really interesting. I had a conversation yesterday with someone who's been in technology and pretty much been a technologist most of his career. And he said the same thing. He said, hey, th these platforms, these gig economy platforms are actually just the next step of e-commerce where yeah. we're adding modules mm -hmm. like interviewing or yeah. like compliance. And you're plugging in these technology modules on top of an existing massive you know, e-commerce system. So it's, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a theme here or a yeah, pattern. There's a You're pattern here. Second person who and says you, it. Yeah, you can kind of weave it in. And, and again, it's like, it goes back to, we live in a world today to where it's such a low touch experience for consuming anything, right? And so we now see that buyers and sellers want to connect faster, quicker, more meaningfully. Uh, we're, we're creating an environment that takes price ambiguity out, puts it up the front of the decision. So well, even big companies now are having to put salaries, salaries in, in, there, in the state of California. It's required. More states are requiring it. Right. And, you know, if you're thinking about in, in, you know, promoting your opportunity to a talent like our talent experience is I just got a notification on a mobile device. XYZ company has this job. It's 12 month contract. This was going to pay me. And I can now communicate immediately back. So this is not like a job board environment or a where you're kind of engaging a resume that's in there in perpetuity. And yeah. maybe they're checking and maybe not. We're connecting directly with what's very important to the talent. And then vice versa, what's also important to the buyer. Because what we like, what we see evidence of is that when our buyers per put jobs in the marketplace, their recruiters are going to typically prioritize jobs that they're focusing on based on their hiring managers, which is driving their outbound bidding activity. But what's awesome is those jobs that they're not focusing on, the talent's filling for them because the talent's bidding those jobs. They're seeing them every match of those jobs in the marketplace. So as a, as a buyer side, you know, employer that's looking to bring in contingent labor, you've got a system that's working bi-directionally for yeah, you. It's, it's, all, it's always it's filling. It's always on. It's always filling for you to a degree. And you've got the power to accept, decline, or engage based on what you want from there, right? So, so those are elements that... You know, part of, you know, I was talking to, um, I had a podcast on Monday um, uh, as well along some of our topics. And one of the questions was around our marketing strategy, right? And I said, well, listen, 
And to a certain degree, we have a similar problem Uber had back in the day, which is Uber had to convince us to get in a car with a stranger, right? Which we were told never to do as yeah. a child. Same right? Airbnb, Airbnb, yeah, Airbnb, Airbnb like go stay in someone else's house. eBay, wearing somebody's clothes. Wearing someone else's clothes, right? And so all of these companies that had were thinking about disrupting business models, not using technology to to do a task faster, but a business model, ran into some visceral changes that we as consumers had to think about. Now it's every day, right? So one of the things that we're having to do is educate corporate recruiting infrastructure to go, you now can have the ability to build your own contingent workforce, build elasticity in your workforce, faster, cheaper, better. Doesn't mean that, and and again, it doesn't mean that you're going to disconnect from your third-party agencies, but you are now having the ability to build against that and to be able to create a prime capability for that. And so a lot of these talent platforms are, I would say, have elements of converging the VMS world of 20 years ago, elements of converging the MSP world from, a, you know, this come along with that. You mentioned some words, MSPs and VMSs, and, and you worked at a large staffing yeah. agency. Why aren't the staffing agency, and, and so about four years ago, I was here. Yeah. And there, I, there was some technology mm-hmm. and there was the Upworks. Yeah, and sure. The, but in four years, I've seen more and more of the atomized pieces of that journey be digitized, whether it's the compliance with the APIs, whether it's the the interviewing and all these things have sort of yeah. become platforms of their own yeah, to, sure. to make that more efficient. Why aren't staffing agencies disrupting themselves? Because that, that was so, the thing when I come and I look yeah. at this and I, I talk to a lot of staffing agencies and, and you live there too. Why, why aren't you just at your same old job doing this this exact same thing? That's a great question. It's, um, it can be a controversial question to ask in the realm of this industry, right? It's been around for 70 years, um, uh, you know, since its inception uh, by Manpower, I believe, when Kelly Services, right? Um, and I think one of the challenges is the inherent culture of those businesses being heavy human capital driven, you know, and the relationship that has been a vital in nature to connect basically between the sales and the recruiting component. Um, and what I see a lot happening is uh, these large organizations are looking at ways to automate components to lower the cost of recruiting um, through technology. Um, there's a lot of great products out there that can plug into um, you know, uh, products that the uh, or staffing organizations are using to accelerate that. But to fully adopt this type of model that you know, we're moving to market with, with skill gigs, means you generally have to cannibalize a lot of what built you to a degree, right? Um, and so I'm not ushering in by any way saying that those large mega companies, and we all know their names, um, are not going to adapt, right? I mean, we look at evolution of technology. Uh, I give an example, you know, when... There's a there's a very long history, long of, history of companies of that, that did, does, not, did adapt. not adapt. Because they just tore the Sears down by my yeah, house. Exactly. Like, it's, it's kind of this reminder of... It's a reminder, a great analogy. And like, listen, I, I think there will be some that don't. Right. And I think those that do will, you know, we saw this in the software world when we moved out of, you know, our company's, you know, a company's data center to the cloud. You know, there are software companies aren't around anymore because they couldn't move their product to the cloud. Right. And then the big players obviously did change their business model completely. You know, they deal with, you know, cloud consumption now, not licensing of their their product in a a data center. So I think there's going to be this 
evolution over the next decade or so, right? And where companies that have been historically heavy driven through the relationship sell, the relationship recruit, will adapt in ways to where they will follow their customer's demand. But as we all know, if you create an environment to where your producer, meaning your talent, is choosing a new form of way of working in this decentralized world we live in of work now, um, particularly digital talent being the most decentralized form of work, work anywhere from, you know, on your terms and, and, and at your pace, then companies are going to have to think about how do I engage that? Do I engage that through the tr traditional large staffing MSP, VMS world, or do I now take back control of that, use technology to directly access that talent and to do it at my pace, where I can control my costs, I can actually build a redeployable virtual bench. Because well, I think when, the, the when you one, buy through the marketplace, you retain them even when they go off contract because right. they are part of your environment. That's right. The, the interesting thing uh, from the keynote yesterday yeah. when, when Heather was talking, companies aren't going to have a choice because Gen Z is, if you're yeah. a digital native, I mean, yeah. I'm, a, yeah. I'm a Gen Xer. And yeah. so I'm kind of in this in-between yeah. space. I remember life before the internet. Um, before Hold on now. Phones. I'm a Gen Xer too. Like, I, thank you for the compliment though. <laughs> I'll, but, I'll take it. But, yeah. uh, but, yeah. but when you look at Gen their expectations, I mean, I, I look at my young, like they're just not going to operate that way. They're not. And, and the buyers won't either. And, and you're not going to get good time. You might, you might be able to fill. Yeah. But you're not going to fill with the high quality because those people are going to go to the place where there's least friction. Yeah. You know, I was in a breakout yesterday and, you know, the staffing platform was in the lowest quadrant of adoption for it. And I'm like, I totally expect that to be there today. Right. It's there today. And what's in the upper quadrant of staffing companies adapting to the change is all the things we talked about. Plugging in technology to streamline and automate certain functions that you know, was handled by you know a recruiter or a salesperson more uh, indirectly, right? Yeah. So that's I think where the big players are today. And it's like there's plenty of products, there's a room full of products yeah, over there, of, yeah. over there that I think are going to be very interesting to them. But ultimately, there's going to be a fissure at some point, and I think you're going to see more adoption of, of of staffing platforms as a service. They may be focused in on a with specificity on certain skills. You know, we, we're building on a broader set of those skills um, and they can also bring some other things. Um, the, the analogy I always, that makes sense for me when I'm trying to understand change and disruption is um, what happened with Elon Musk who had, you know, no experience sure. in building cars. Yeah. And there was a YouTube video I watched once from a Ford engineer mm -hmm. and he was looking at the test and he goes, I would never have designed. And he's just going part by part yeah. of the things that like didn't make any sense from a car manufacturing yeah. manufacturer's perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I and I I asked the question because I I used to have this debate all the time. Like, are staffing companies going to transform, mm -hmm. or is somebody just going to come in and 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 change? And, and I think it's because it's human capital, it's different. I think there'll be tons of platforms yeah, yeah. that come in and change. Yeah, I think so. I think that we're we're right on the cusp. And I mean, I think, you know, Barry made a comment uh, in one of his, his breakouts that, you know, VMS was the disruptor 20 years ago. I think it's clear that, you know, platforms like what we're doing with Skill Gigs is the next 20 year disruptor. And, you know, we're early in. There's not a lot of companies yeah, Rob out there that are, you know, doing this, right? Um, and and then also that a lot of companies that are doing it to a degree uniquely the way we are driving engagement, right? And well, so, there's more. I can tell you five years ago, yeah. it was it was 
almost none outside um, of the big brand names that you yeah. know of Upwork and Vibe. Yeah. Now, yeah. you know, there's more and more marketplaces. Brad, yeah. I want to thank you for your time. Yeah. Uh, again, apologize for being no, no, running absolutely. a little late today. It's been, a pleasure. Uh, it's been great to, uh, to meet you and I hope you enjoyed the rest of the show. Yeah, I will. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. I'm your host, Paul Estes. Thank you for listening to Work On Demand. This episode has been produced by Scott Walden at Great Scott Voice Media with additional support from freelancers on Fiverr, Upwork, and Fancy Hands. If you've enjoyed this conversation, we'd appreciate you rating us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, or simply telling a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode that explores the world of work on demand.